welcome back to another episode of Screen Run. I am your host, the Lady Juan, and I'm here with... Chris Galza. Screen Run is the show where Chris and I talk about the works of one artist per season, and this season is all about the films of Kevin Smith. The new Martin Scorsese, from what I understand. (laughs) We have to talk about that. Um, This is episode nine of this season, so we have to talk about the ninth film from Kevin Smith, Cop Out. From Warner Brothers Pictures, the studio that brought you the acclaimed police dramas, Dirty Harry, Training Day, and The Departed, comes a film that carries on the tradition. I'm going undercover. Doubtful. Yes, I am doubtful. I already made my decision. Hello? The president is black now. We make decisions. You know, there's a right way of doing police work. Then there's a way you two do it. Now's a good time to do something. Yeah! Now that is what I'm talking about. This is the stuff that my mother used to tell her friends about. My son is a genius. My son is a genius. <laughs> so Cop Out stars Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan and came out in 2010. It's somewhat standard buddy cop fare written by Mark and Rob Cullen. And it is the first movie that we're talking about not written by Kevin Smith. It also stars Sean William Scott, Adam Brody, Kevin Pollack, Guillermo Diaz, and Jason Lee. And Kevin Smith took a pay cut to make this movie because he wanted to work with Bruce Willis that bad. Childhood hero. Yes. Smith and he actually, Smith and I have a very similar uh, (laughs) backstories when it comes to our affection for Bruce Willis, which I guess (laughs) we can get into. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was. You know, they. I guess they say never meet your heroes, but do they say never take a pay cut to have your soul crushed by your heroes? Yes. <laughs> because I guess Kevin Smith would. I don't know how famous his term of soul crushing is for working on this movie, but that's, uh, those are tough words. Can so. you imagine going to like, who's like the person you look up to the most or somebody you've always wanted to work with and you meet them and supposedly, allegedly, they are yeah. just impossible. Gosh, if. If Tina Fey treated me like yeah, shit right. and called me a stoner, I would be devastated. Yeah, and for me, it would be outside of maybe Bruce Willis. So, like, if I had an opportunity to meet, you know, like David Bowie, and he would be yeah. like, "Get out of my way, you insect," or something. I don't know <laughs> what I would do. Ugh, but it almost makes me feel bad for Kevin Smith, who I've spent the last two episodes just complaining about um, <laughs> in our show about him. <laughs> But just before we get into all of the the personal drama behind it, hmm. we just go over a little bit of uh, the general movie stats here. So the movie had a $30 million budget and ended up grossing around $55 million worldwide. So it's not like a complete disaster. It only opened to around $18 million in the U.S. It has a 19% rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes, though 40% from audiences. Ooh, 40 yeah, and kind of unfairly got compared to the other guys, which came out later in the year and was like, what if a buddy cop comedy was more comedy than action? I mean, it's it's unfortunate when that kind of happens to a movie, but, but we are in, as mentioned in our last couple of episodes, uncharted territory for me as far as Kevin Smith goes. So mm-hmm. I kind of ran out of, of seeing his stuff once we got to Zach and Mary make a porno. So uh, I saw this movie for the first time last week. <laughs> to prep for this show. Chris, what about you? 
I watched this in the theaters when it came out, of course, being the Kevin Smith fan that I am, plus loving Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. being a fan of Tracy Morgan, I was really looking forward to this one. The trailers, clips, all that stuff looked really interesting, looked like it might be a lot of fun. I love the fact that we're going in kind of as a, a loving homage to those classic 80s cop movies, your Fletches, yeah. your Beverly Hills cops, right? All of that stuff, which is what this film attempts to be, right? It's not so much an other guy's comedy, which I confess probably is a superior film. But still, it's a throwback. I remember walking out of it. We actually did this for my other show, the first run. We had just kind of started. It was like our fourth, fifth episode. I don't remember now. But I remember walking out of this thinking, man, even the score was like an 80s film. It actually sounded like a (laughs) Faltermeyer score. And then I looked up the notes later on, and sure enough, he did the score for this one, right? And that's how closely they kind of try and align and recreate the mm-hmm. magic of those 80s, you know, action cop buddy films. The problem is, how successful is it at doing that? Yeah, so so it's interesting that you you mentioned just like how, how much it feels like those types of movies, because I would agree 100%. It feels like those types of movies, but also... If somebody was like, yeah, but like, what if that happened now? And like, it was all about what it's like now. Mm. And I feel like the references to 2010 are so kind of in your face that it almost seems like someone made it after trying to be of the time. Does that make sense? Like you asked somebody in 2020, what was 2010 about? I'm sure they would talk about parkour and Wikipedia and YouTube. But like that's what's hap- that's what's being talked about in this movie, right? Obama, like, lots of Obama references. Yeah, like so so much in your face that it feels like this must have been made later, and is like like Zombieland, the second Zombieland, where it's just like, oh, let's like pretend it's two thousand three and make a bunch of jokes about that. Yeah, it it feels like that, except for it just was legitimately happening then. It's it was so weird to me to watch it for the first time. I was like, huh. Well, I think that may be part of the issue with the film, right, is because it does try and ape and recreate those films. It basically just took the blueprint and updated it for the current kind of modern audience. But you're right. It does feel a little dated with its references. I think that's I think that's fair. I found it to be really strange because it just it kept happening like. When, um, which first of all, I have to say in all of my notes, I pretty much just kept calling him Tracy Jordan, which is not his name. (laughs) Like I may have spent a little bit too much time watching 30 Rock, but at one point he's going viral because of a video of him is on YouTube and he's like the YouTube. And I'm like, oh God, like, yeah, like I said, like somebody trying to make a movie set in 2010 instead of just a movie happening in 2010. All right, so I get that you may have some issues with the the film, how it may feel a little dated to you. Yeah. But, so it doesn't have that timeless feel, I guess, right? No, but still, unfortunately. How successful is it capturing the feel of those 80s cop comedies? And were you able to enjoy this? Because I knew, listen, these last <laughs> few films have not been pleasant for you. No, I've been real grumpy. So I wanted to love this movie just as I've wanted to love so many of the movies that we're watching. And I will say I thoroughly enjoyed the first like 20 minutes. Like I was like, oh, I think I really like this. And then it just, it got a little convoluted for me. And then I found like a lot of the characterizations of literally every Hispanic character felt weirdly like one note and racist and Hmm. made me uncomfortable. But, you know, I guess, 
kudos for actually casting uh, people of Hispanic descent in those roles instead of it could have been worse. But like, it's, it really wasn't, I didn't hate it like I hated some other movies that we've talked about. And I, I mean this so seriously. I loved the opening of this movie. I was like, mm. oh my God, I love this. I wanted that the whole time. Yeah. Well, it's, I think that what's funny, interesting too, about when you say that is I don't think Cop Out's a bad film. I think it was unfairly maligned when it first came out. I was a little nervous about revisiting it to see if maybe that prior thought may have been just demolished over time. <laughs> and I don't yeah. think it was. And I think it and it also, even though, the, as we said, the other guys, which I did say is a better film, I think. Mm-hmm. But the ending of the other guys feels very forced, very shoehorned in, very messagey that this mm-hmm. film doesn't have. And I think the ending yeah. for this works a lot better than it does in the other guys, plainly. So it's, I think this yeah. film, I think Cop Out still has its merits. I think it's, I think there's still some jokes that work. Uh, in the end, I think maybe it's half measures and tepid jokes for the most part, but I still found it amusing. So I think yeah. one of the things I always ask myself too, was it funny? What'd you think? Did you laugh at all watching this thing? Did you get any good yeah. belly laughs, any guffaws, some ruffles, if they say? I definitely laughed watching this movie. I also had to rewind it a lot to follow along, but I for sure was laughing. I mean, I really enjoy Bruce Willis. Like, mm-hmm. I I think he's just lovely. <laughs> like, just I'm sorry. He denies all of that, obviously. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's great. Like, I think there is something about him that like, I don't know, like it's it's why he's got like that great cameo in the Oceans movies. And it's, it's why he's funny in Friends when he's in it for a couple of episodes. It's just because there's something about him that just kind of just stands out and it's very captivating. And he's very funny when he wants to be. And and I this was like peak Tracy Morgan. Like, mm-hmm. I also think he's very funny. So I for sure laughed at this movie. I was really more frustrated that like I couldn't keep following what was going on. At one point, I don't even know Guillermo Diaz's character's name in this movie. I just kept calling him Huck in my notes because I loved him on Scandal. Come on, he's got and, one of the best names in the, in the movie, Poe Boy, which oh, is I fantastic. They even have, they make jokes about totally that. Totally missed it. Totally missed it. Like, and I watched it with captions on too, and I forgot. So he's yelling about wanting his car, mm-hmm. and then Bruce Willis is yelling about wanting his card. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Well, does it have to be two words that are almost exactly the same? Stop. Like, it was just but like, that shifts about halfway through the film when he really, it's not what the car he wants. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. I, I know that, but it's, I'm just talking about strictly the dialogue being said is mm-hmm. get me my card. Get me my card. Gotcha. Like that, th- those sentences were yelled at some point in this movie. And I was like, what? What's happening? I definitely enjoyed this much more than the last two movies that we talked about. I promise you that. i was wondering what you think of this should it have leaned more into spoofing the genre more of an airplane naked gun thing or do you think it was better to keep it straight as more of an homage to those films i think part of the issue the film has is it tries too hard to mimic those films instead Mm -hmm. of bringing kind of a fresh take to that you know blueprint i guess that's a fair criticism of the movie is that it's not really bringing enough that's new to be innovative just timely references yeah just really dialing in on wikipedia i just i kind of felt like maybe the shift back and forth between the comedic beats and the 
actual like crime drama that's going on just felt like a little weird. And in, admittedly, that's incredibly difficult to do. I love the Bad Boys movies. I, I unashamedly love those movies. And like, that's awkward in those two. It just is. So I wish the plot was a little cleaner as far as like where we're going with everything. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed you know, the performances, like for sure. I I was entertained by this. It's just that I kept kind of like losing the thread of like things would take a little too long to get to the next thing that we're doing. And uh, also the the entire like side plot of Rashida Jones just didn't feel necessary to me, but it's fine. She's good in it. So that's interesting you bring that up. So you watched this digitally, I assume. Did you rent it? Uh, I think it's free on like Tubi or something. Okay. So I had the Blu-ray of this when it came out, uh-huh. and I so I still have it. That's what I used, and I watched yes. I watched the film, and then an, there's no traditional commentary for this one, right? Mm. But right. they did have something called Maximum Comedy Mode, which is oh. something they did at the time. <laughs> yeah, so Warner ran with this, and watching this version of it, I wish this is something they stuck with, but I, I imagine. They probably didn't get enough good feedback. Sales probably weren't there. And it was probably a little expensive to do. So they call it Maximum Movie Mode. Uh, 300, I think, had it. Watchmen had it. Uh, a bunch of films around this era. And what it is, is it's basically it's a three-hour long cut of the film. So what happens is Smith introduces stuff. So it's basically him with two, two monitors or televisions behind him. And then he will, as the film's playing... He will jump in and say stuff. It'll cut back to him instead of having the film on, right? And then little like sirens would came up, and like a blue one was a, an extended scene or alternate takes, oh. and red would be like a deleted scene. And then he would come in and introduce it, and then Sean William Scott would pop in and give little uh, what Jack Handy thoughts type of a weird you know sage advice stuff every now and then, and okay. he actually would show up throughout this movie mode as well. There's a lot of different things, like as I said, extended scenes and a bunch of stuff. It was really interesting to watch the film this way. Pretty funny at times. And of course, Smith is his self-deprecating self throughout the entire <laughs> thing. And uh, But it was interesting to watch. Three hours long. But you kind of get a look inside everything. Now, there is no honest real commentary in this about mm. the process, really. There's a couple things when he kind of says certain stuff that if you once you find out later on like he hints around but makes a joke about willis being difficult when you find out later on that it was just a nightmare for him working with him on it and he said too that which is i'm sure we stuff we'll talk about but you know this is his most financially successful film and he had just come off the fact that zach and miri was a bomb and they expected that film to really catapult him and it didn't work out so he was kind of crushed he didn't know really what to do next And he wanted to get ready to make Red State. Red State was written and ready to roll. And uh, he decided to take this job to learn more about marketing because that he said, as we talked about last time, was that was one of the big failures of Zach and Miri was he felt that it wasn't marketed properly. So he was going to do the marketing himself. And he did this film to learn how to do that. So we'll have to talk about maybe that when we hit Red State next. But yeah. a lot of interesting information on that. But it looks like that maximum comedy mode is only available on that Blu-ray, which is, I think, one of the few Kevin Smith films on Blu-ray that is currently available. I know <laughs> they had recently released a three-pack, because I bought it, of Chasing Amy Clarkson, and Jane Silent Bob, because I only had those on DVD. So it's interesting. If you can track it down, I think it may be worth the purchase. I think, too, you can get this 
thing for less than $10 at this point. Sounds totally worth it. So that's my spiel on maximum movie mode, which I wish they would like bring it. back. Yeah, I honestly, I miss all of like the extra exciting things that I was watching on. Like the commercial for a DVD would tell you about all the extra stuff you were going to get. I was like, it's like right? more than just watching the movie again. It was like a whole thing. Oh, man, I miss that stuff. I have a, I have a question for you, just off <laughs> yes. topic. I'm going to go down the little garden path here a little bit. So okay. do special features matter to you? Because here's the thing. I love them, right? And they yeah. matter to me whether I'm going to buy something or not. Yeah. But I rarely ever watch them. So they used to be like very, very important to me because I was only going to buy the DVD of a movie that I would like really, really loved. So like now, now I think about those DVDs, RIP my DVD collection in its entirety. It's the whole thing is just gone. But like... I used to watch all that stuff. Like I would watch the commentary with mm. every movie that I was obsessed with. Like all of the commentaries. Like give me the director one. Give me the actor one. Give me the one that's like cut back and forth from different people. I used to watch all the special features on like the making of and this thing. Like I had the Down With Love DVD and there was a whole just like separate thing where you could play the music video from Here's to Love, which plays at the end credits. And I would just watch the music video for a song made up for the movie. I was in for it, all of that stuff. And uh, I do I do really miss it. I feel like that's what I'm getting when I watch like <laughs> off topic, the gallery for The Mandalorian is I'm just mm. like, this is just an entire another show that is just special features on a DVD. It's all of that stuff. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah, I, th I wonder if part of it comes down to time for me because I used to watch them mm. more, but I yeah. haven't yet. In fact- I, I get really upset just when I look at the pile of movies I've bought that I've never even watched. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely at the time because like it had to be a movie that I was super, super into to watch all of that stuff. Like La La Land, I've watched every of the special features on that. And I, I don't even have like the physical copy of that. I just did the digital purchase mm -hmm. and it's got so much on there to watch, like so many features with it. So yeah, it's just got to be a movie I'm obsessed with now in order for me to make time for it. Right. Good yeah. times. All right. Back on track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Movies. <laughs> All right. Should, should we, I mean, this won't take that, that long into our view askew con connections and huge air quotes. I only have two things written down for this. So please mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> I have no returning characters, but returning player sure. is Jason Lee yep. playing Bruce Willis's ex wife's new husband and then the second thing i wrote down is can we count the phrase ass to mouth as a view askew connection <laughs> like is is that i think so i th i thought so i feel like he owns that enough from clerks too that like sean william scott character saying like atm you know ass to mouth i'm like oh all right, well i'm writing that down i'm writing that down. <laughs> no, no, i think that's i mean i yeah. think it's the only thing we're really gonna find so i, I think, think that's, that's fair it. i really i was looking for stuff i was like where are my like secret things but but like really kind of talking about where Kevin Smith was like in his career and also seemingly emotionally seems like maybe he didn't really want to wink to himself in what he was doing here. I mean, he didn't even write this like he wanted to do something where it was just like a little bit different. Like I think he got knocked off his high horse with Zach and Miri and mm -hmm. was ready to be like, OK, well, let me let me see what I can do here. And it kind of, I would kind of compare it most out of everything we've we've watched so far to Jersey Girl because it's it's not his usual material, right? But I, but it's not bad. It's just not what I go to him for. I wouldn't have watched this movie because it's directed by Kevin Smith. That's not what I'm going to get from this. I didn't hate it. That's my review. I didn't hate it. 
<laughs> you know, I've been complaining a lot lately, so I had to, to get my shit together here. When the Criterion Edition comes out of this, that's going to go on the cover right there. That is going to be the endorsement. <laughs> the lady one did not hate it. <laughs> yeah, didn't hate it. Um, so I guess we had a you who referenced it earlier. We have to talk about the tweet that just like got like rebrought up from what was it from the year two thousand? That mm-hmm. article of like. Is Kevin Smith the next Scorsese? <laughs> I can't even like say it properly. But I, I think, I believe that article is from the year 2000. Am I correct? Probably that would be after Dogma. Yeah, when it kind of seemed like he was doing the same kind of stuff. Like, these are my guys. And then I'll, I'll dip in and out of the same kind of stories. But like, these are my players. And this is what I do. And I'm bummer there. But also like that, that's rough to have somebody say about you, even though it's the nicest thing ever. You're like, well, I can't possibly live up to this. Thanks. That's too high of a praise that you're kind of screwing someone over. Right. So let's, that's interesting. So let's see. I'm curious. Let's, let's track progression. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you have, that would be four films. All right. Four films in. Let's check into my buddy Marty, his first four yeah, films, and see where we were. Who's knocking at my door? Boxcar Bertha, Mean Streets, and Alice doesn't live here anymore. And the next up after that is Taxi Driver. Ooh. And Smith's was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> then New York, oh. New York, and then oh. Raging Bull. Ooh. So listen, I don't. I get maybe in some aspects, like you said, are working with ensemble casts. And uh, Smith was definitely on the upswing at that point, right? Yeah. Clark was a big, big success. Mallrats, uh, a little speed bump, right? But then comes back big time in the indie scene with Chasing Amy. Yeah. Takes a big swing with Dogma. Maybe not a home run, but a double. And yeah. uh, and works on a lot of levels. And then he does one for the fans with a Jane Silent Bob strike back as his goodbye to the yeah. view of universe, yeah. air quotes, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then gets pounded on with Jersey Girl. There's much better things to do with the time machine, but very curious <laughs> on <laughs> what what would be the implication of like just if Jennifer Lopez never dated Ben Affleck, what happens? Mm. Like, like because that that sunk that movie, and that movie is completely fine. It is no worse than Twenty Seven Dresses. It is better than Bride Wars. Like, it's just a romantic comedy with a kid in it. Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's cute. It's got good performances. It's innocuous fun. And- yeah, it's totally fine. And um, it just, it got dogged because of the wake of their relationship. I'm so curious, like, what what would have happened otherwise? Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't even, like, really follow, like, <laughs> what exactly would have happened. So do you... Put that, do you apply it to that then, to the failure of Jersey Girl and then the yeah. failure of Zack and Miri too? Because that one, I don't quite understand why that didn't take yeah. off. I, I mean, I think, I'm, well, we talked about it a lot. I, I feel like it just wasn't, like it was pushing a boundary before anybody was ready to roll with that. Mm. I think that was really the issue there. I think I could come out now and make a shit ton of money. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was just like a, t- a timing issue of people not being ready to get on board with all of that. None of those things happened in a vacuum. So you can't compound the the failure on top of a failure. You can't make someone be like, oh, well, I'm not going to take responsibility for this. Like, that's not how it works. That also is not a not a super solid sign 
for <laughs> for someone's humility. Yeah. But but yeah, like you just don't know like what that that does to the other choices and the other things that he did or didn't do. You know, I'm certain clerks too still happens at some point, but is it a slightly different story? Like are our, our, our characters in different pla- Like, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of tough to say how exactly things would continue to fall in the, in the dominoes of <laughs> Kevin Smith's like portfolio of films. That is, like, what happens? It that is interesting. Cause I do love clerks too. So <laughs> and I still hate it. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's it, undoubtedly we would have had a clerks too. Mm-hmm. But like it could have been, who knows what? Like if if yeah. he's just like slam dunking it left and right, he could he probably could have gotten complete permission to do whatever he wanted, and it wouldn't have involved like the weirdness that it was. You know, it could have been a different kind of weirdness. It could have been like a smaller movie again. I know he was all like jazzed about like, look, I can put a da- dance number in this, and look, I can do a crane shot. Look, I've got right, I've got right. range, you guys. But also, like, maybe if his other things had been a success, he wouldn't have been trying to prove he had range on Clerks 2, and it could have just been, like, a cool black and white movie again. You have no idea. So, I like to, to rewrite the potential <laughs> Kevin Smith's, like, so, career. Let me ask you about that, because he does a lot of things in Cop Out that he's never done before, right? He's mm-hmm. never shot an action scene. Yeah. I mean, there's dogma, but, I mean, come on. This is much different in the streets of New York. We have a car chase, right? We got shootouts. You know, we're no longer doing at all the stationary camera while watching two people talk. I mean, that happens Mm -hmm. in the film, but it's not the focus of the movie. We don't... This is an action comedy. This is not a comedy film with some action sprinkled in, right? Exactly. So I think he... Directorially, I think he does a fine job with this film. I think he's able to really expand his horizons a bit. And give us something different that we hadn't seen before from him. And I think yeah. that way it's it's very successful. I think it, it works that way for him, right? He, yeah. he gives us some stuff that we hadn't seen before. What do you think about that? Um, no, I, th- I think he does a really good job in this. I don't think any of the things that I didn't enjoy or that I like mentally like used as docking my points, none of that comes down to him. Mm-hmm. I don't really love the script. And that's not his fault this time it's the plot really like it's not even the storyboarding and like because i know that that he did that he worked on the storyboard for the movie and like outlined it all but but it's really it comes down to like the plot for me is i'm just like this is a little it's a little more than i need but everything that he's responsible for i'm on board with it that was all good to me and like the complaints i guess like bruce willis's defense of being soul crushing was that like you know kevin smith was just on set like getting high from like start to finish every day and was just sitting behind the monitor giving him no direction it's like well you're fucking bruce willis like what do you what do you want him to do like tell you what to do also you were fine in this movie like i want to talk quickly about that so uh, my path in life in regards to uh bruce willis was very much the same as kevin smith's seeing him Mm -hmm. pop up in miami vice but really really coming into his own with moonlighting which is my one of my all-time favorite shows i was obsessed with that show, I so desperately wanted to be David Addison, uh, one of the coolest people I had ever seen on TV. I would like, copy his mannerisms. I would pretend because you got to remember, this is 1983 to 87 that show was on, mm-hmm. and that's prime and kind of me growing up. I was how old was I? Be like eight to like twelve, you know. Yeah. So that yeah. was uh, that was I don't know. I was just, I was obsessed you with were Bruce impressionable. Willis. Oh, very much so. <laughs> 
Very much so. So I was yeah. a massive Bruce Willis fan. Let's, let's put, let me put it this way, Juan. Not only do I have both Bruce Willis's music CDs, have them both. <laughs> I actually have the first one on vinyl. I actually found oh. it. I and th- here's the sad part. I bought it like a year ago. I found it at a record <laughs> store, and I was ecstatic to find it. So honestly, that's. I think that's a cooler purchase a year ago than it would have been at any other time in history. <laughs> I guess that's true. I think you bought it at the right time to be like, guess what I just got? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, my loyalties have shifted over the years now because I think he's churned out. I mean, he's been paycheck just collecting money. He'll do all these straight to DVD films, you know, without hesitation, which is crazy to me because remember there was a window where his star had, you know, he was a huge, massive yeah. guy. And then he started yeah. to do these really bad films. And then Tarantino brings him for Pulp Fiction, which shoots him right back up again. And he's doing good stuff again. And then something happened in the aughts. I don't know what exactly late aughts, early into this prior decade. And yeah, he just is I, showing up for stuff now. And that's the part of my issue with this film is though Willis, I think, has his moments. I do feel that I'm collecting a paycheck in this film. Yeah. I feel like you can use the phrase, something happened in the aughts, dot, 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 and just be like, yes, yes, it did. That applies to a lot of people. Stuff just got weird, man. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's giving me everything, but I don't know. He's, he's good enough that he doesn't have to try and he's still pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, we can get into all of like who we liked and, and what we liked about it and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't think there's like anybody in here who's who like, Straight up sucks. <laughs> like, uh, like our quote unquote like bad guy cops, like their rivals. It's a, a strange combination of <laughs> like the OCs, Adam Brody <laughs> and yeah. Kevin Pollock. But like, okay, it's it's working. It's fine. They're not they're not bad. Their their whole boot thing. Okay, sure. It feels very much like Jersey Girl to me, where I'm like, everything I'm seeing is fine, and I don't I don't know like. It just sometimes just stuff doesn't come together the right way at the right time, and it is what it is. I've seen way worse movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm not the <laughs> biggest. I'm not the biggest uh, Adam Brody guy at all. But he was fine in this, and I always like Kevin Pollock when he shows up. He's yeah. always a lot of fun. So, and I think the two of them have some nice moments together. There's the one scene too at the baseball card store when Pollock mm-hmm. and and, and uh, Brody show up. Is just very, very funny when they're interviewing Bruce Willis's character. I had a, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. There's good moments in this movie. There's for just, sure. There's a lot of just waiting for the next good moment. Mm-hmm. And again, like I'll say it again, I fucking love the opening scene of this movie. I was like so excited. I think I probably enjoyed the movie less overall because I got my hopes so up <laughs> in the opening. I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. Oh. And I remember, too, reading that Smith had said that he would make this movie again and again because if he could keep working with Tracy Morgan, that he was a yeah. blast and the most fun part. And I mean, for me, he was the most fun part of the film. I enjoyed even Sean William Scott, who can weigh on me a bit at times. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty entertaining, though, at times, in the end, mostly forgettable. And I actually enjoyed Rashida Jones. It's interesting that you mentioned that weird subplot. In the original film, she just shows up at the end. At the wedding. They talk about this in the Maxim comedy mode thing. But they found that it was doing well. Or they wanted to, you know, the 
whole thing about him cheating or her cheating on him the whole time mm-hmm. kind of yeah. needed to be uh, expanded a bit and, and, and flushed out. So they brought that more and they expanded her role to meet that. And I thought that worked out pretty good as well. So yeah. and I like Rashida in this too. I feel like that feels like an organic of a segue as we're ever capable of. Mm-hmm. Who would you say is your favorite performance in this movie then? Uh, it's going to be Tracy Morgan. I think yeah. he's the most entertaining part of it. He's just doing his thing. Whatever, you know, if you like Tracy Morgan, yeah. then pop this sucker on because all that's that's all you're going to see is what oh, you love. Maximum Morgan. That's it. Maximum Morgan mode <laughs> for this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed him very much, but I have to say my my favorite performance for me was genuinely based on the surprise factor was Sean William Scott because mm-hmm. I forgot he existed as a, as a person, like completely forgot. <sighs> Uh, he was so funny to me in this. I thought he was perfect comedy relief throughout, even down to the end credit scene. And um, I want to go on record as just saying Sean William Scott walked so that Chris Pratt could run. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so much of this movie, I was like, oh, Chris Pratt is just copying Sean William Scott into like a billion dollar career. Congrats, buddy. Wow. He's just, he's hitting the same notes. It's crazy. I had never thought about that before, but you're entirely right. It's the same vibe. Like, John William Scott could be Star-Lord, no problem. Has he escaped his Stifler thing, too? Is he uh, Is he always going to be Stifler? I don't think of him I, that way at all. I think the American Pie thing is doesn't really work. You know, just had no... It didn't have the lasting impact that it did for that first few years. But now yeah. I think it's totally off the pop culture radar. I, I think it's finally off the radar. I think so. But I don't know. I think, though, that that's why I was like, oh, I forgot about him. Because in my head, he's just Stifler. And then he was in this mm. and he was funny, like silly and goofy. And I'm like, my notes are like, oh, my God, he's dead. Oh, thank God. <laughs> like later, like so much later in my notes are like, oh, OK, I'm so glad he's not dead. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What do we want to do next? Favorite reference or favorite line? Is there a reference? I don't. <laughs> I don't have I one. Stretch. For my favorite reference, because I feel like there's there's almost nothing unless you include our previously mentioned ATM, ass to mouth. But in general, I just, the phrase Professor X looking motherfucker counted for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed at it. I laughed at that line. I was like, oh, okay, that's fair. Um, do you have a favorite line though? Or favorite like exchange or joke or anything like that? So my favorite scene actually played out originally differently, and they actually reshot it to go with this. Now, I will say, initially, I was going to go with something else entirely, right? Which is the one clip that's actually now a meme. No. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. 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 Hell no. 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 I refuse. No. No. So I use that like as a gif. I don't know how often, which is the re- response to the knock knock joke that stiff. Or excuse me, see here I go. Sean William Scott wants to do. Yeah. But instead, I think my favorite scene is this one. You just scratched my ride. What the hell are you doing, Tommy? Driving, bitch. Get out the car. Because I'm black. No, because you're ten. Eleven. Get out of the car. I was wearing my seatbelt. Get out of the car, you little repeat offender. Fuck. Now we need to know about the Mercedes that was stolen a couple of nights ago in the back of the Mini Mart in Bay Ridge. I ain't telling you shit. You can do shit, cause I'm a minor. <laughs> Fuck you too. 
Professor X looking motherfucker. You are an angry young man. Yo, you're messing with my business, bitch. Whose car is this? Your mama's. What? You know, I will smack the black off you. You can't do anything to me. Tell us about the stolen Mercedes Benz. I'm not telling you nothing. You know, you're going to tell me something, or I'm going to go. I told you to be careful. <laughs> Paul, did you just punch a little child? There's things you don't know about me, Jim. I'll fuck a little kid up if he kicked me in the dick. So... That's the carjacking scene, which, of course, is something you just referenced as well. Yes. Also, absolutely my favorite scene in the whole movie. So it is very funny to me, too. I remember watching the Maximum Comedy Mode and Smith is like, listen, you're watching this thing. It's like, oh, it's one of those movies where a guy gets kicked in the nuts, right? How many times have we seen that? But, it, but mm-hmm. he's like, but wait, right? And then and he's right. That's what sells yeah. it is, is, yeah. is him punching him back is uh, yes. what makes it funny. Yeah. No, I, I thought that whole scene was hilarious. It, it contains my favorite reference, and it was my, my favorite line is when he just yells back at me. He's like, I'm 11. Like, yes. it's, that whole exchange was hilarious. Like I laughed out loud a bunch of times during that scene. As like, did I. It is the best thing in the film. It it's is. fucking funny. Like It just is. You, you can't say that's not funny. If you think that's not funny, then like I don't want to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> like You don't have to like the whole movie, but you have to admit that shit is funny. Yeah. Indeed. It just is. Just is. All right. We did performance, reference, scene slash line slash joke. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to movie rate it? Sure. So. <laughs> you sound so resigned. To the, uh. Upon reflection, I'm actually giving this two and a half movies. Okay. Okay. Golden movies, mind you. Yes. But still two I and mean, obviously Golden. I was originally sitting at a, a strong 1.5, but I bumped it up to a 2. Again, like, I, don't, I didn't enjoy the movie start to finish. There were parts of it I was like, what's happening? What the? Now I have to rewind it and, like, try and follow it again. But I laughed a bunch. Guillermo Diaz is doing great work, even if there's not really any point to what he's doing. That whole scene was hilarious. That scene alone is, like, worth 1.5 out of the 2 that I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Solid 2. So, all right, so we'll have to see what happens with you next. But uh, yeah, I I think as we said earlier, it's too much homage and not enough funny at times. Outside, of course, the carjacker scene, which is both of our favorites. It's, I think it's too concerned with, you know, paying honor to those classic films instead of actually telling a funny, interesting uh, kind of buddy action cop film. Yeah, yeah. It's a good first draft. Sure. That's yeah. a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. yeah, there's potential there. It just doesn't doesn't get all the way there. But it's, there are worse movies to watch, she said repeatedly. Indeed. So. <laughs> all right. Well, you can find Screen Run anywhere podcasts are found. We would love it if you can give us a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lady One. That's W-A-N. And Chris at C-G Scalzo. And you can find... All of the show information at screenrun.fun. It's the best. It's like I I love it so much. And yeah, yeah, we are we're heading full steam ahead into But it's his cult film that's up next, Red State. All right. I'm ready for it. I might I might be like we might have dipped for me and we might be on our way back up, or just this thing could go off the rails. Who knows? Yeah, I'm a little nervous for you. Okay. <laughs> 
It's fine. Everything's fine. All right. Until next time. Tommy. Driving, bitch!